G'day and welcome to Dog Talk. I'm Dan Camilleri. And I'm Laura McKillop. We'd like to start by thanking Enduro for their ongoing support in bringing you our live weekly Q&A. Tonight we're fortunate enough to be speaking with David Hines from Dakula Border Collies. David will be picking who he thinks has asked the best question of the night and that will be in a bag of Enduro, high energy food for working dogs with real kangaroo meat. Hey David, how are you going? I'm going well, thank you. That's the way. How, how's your day, Dave? Oh, yeah, uh, busy um, helping a good friend in a shearing shed and uh, gives the dogs a bit of work because I'm retired from real work now. So every chance I get to help a neighbour, I jump at it. Yeah. And doing a bit of skirting as well, you, you mentioned earlier? Yeah, longer. Yeah, my, my fingers are probably the worst part of me and uh, the skirting a bit hard on the fingers, but I, uh, I try, yeah. That that have nothing to do with your musical uh, career, would well, it? Yeah, I think plaiting whips and music and all those have all been pretty hard on the fingers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I hear you're pretty handy with a banjo. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, got a great band, and uh, we've played in the Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide jazz clubs, and uh, it's a it's a pretty good band. I don't know how I got in it, but uh, <laughs> before we get into the dog stuff, mate, do you want to tell us a little bit about your jazz? How, how, where'd your inspiration, where'd your love for jazz music come from? I, I, I think because I, I was got an old banjo when I was um, younger, and uh, that's the main music I used to hear banjo in, and I think that's where. Uh, and ours is just traditional Dixieland; it's not too technical. Uh, you generally hear the melody first time through and then there might be a vocal and then they improvise a bit then and uh, and uh, as one friend came along he didn't think he liked jazz but he said oh that's a great day this is just uh, like old dance band music pepped up a bit and uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah it's it's been pretty good to me and, no, that's awesome and you make a bit of a sacrifice in your trialing coming up mate yeah, yeah they they clash and I've got to go with the fellas and uh, dogs miss out. I, I, I qualified to represent Victoria and that gets you down to the last 12 in Australia and uh, they're not bad odds. The best four out of the 12 becomes the Australian team. And I had to handball that to somebody else. But uh, um, I, I made that in 2016. I was in the team. So um, I've, done, I've done that. So move on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that your passion for your your jazz music and, and your fellow mates there in, in your band. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, they're great, great guys. And uh, it's only a bit like a country week trip away. To, you know, we go off as a band. And if it's a nice, um, nice place to go, our uh, partners come come with us. And uh, if it's the uh, back of work, they don't come. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's been a great, great. We've been going 30 years and, uh, I'm Dave Hines, and they call the band the Hot Beehines. It rings better, <laughs> it rings better than it sounds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> 30 years is a pretty long time to keep a band together. Yeah, uh, yeah, they hire and fire a bit, but we're in the bush, like country Victoria, and if we sack a guy, where are we going to find another one? So we're yeah. a, lot, a lot more tolerant. <laughs> in, in Melbourne, there was a... In, in Geelong, there was a band, the, the Des Cam band without Des Cam. They were all the folks he'd sacked. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of fun, anyway. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, and 
sort of how you got to where you are today? Right. Well, um, my wife calls me Vasco the Gama, the big traveller. I started one side of St. Arnold and then and went to school the other side and then I'm another side now. And in 40 years, I shifted bedrooms and that was pretty traumatic to have to shift <laughs> like that. So, um, but I started around St. Arnold and, uh, yeah, just um, my brother had a white dog and uh, he, he, we liked him. So as soon as I left school, um, year nine, you could be apprenticed to anyone and I was no hero at school. So uh, I left and we bred a litter by the, this white dog and, and uh, he was just a rough farm dog, but I used to muster for a lady that had four and a half thousand Coraldales and when he was only a year old, he did all the sock work and, and uh, yeah, so I've always had a bit of a soft spot for a white dog and a lot of white dogs working three sheep trials now. Yeah, I think they settle the sheep a bit, but if you're white, you've got to be pretty strong because the sheep are going to turn on you and try you out. So yeah, you want a V8 under the bonnet when you're a white dog. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And where, sorry, where were you living now, David? Whereabouts in Victoria? In St. Arnold, yeah, my farm. Yeah. Uh, St. Arnold, central Victoria. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. On the Sun Highway from Melbourne to Mildura. Uh, we're on that, that highway. Um, an hour and a half back to Ballarat, and hour across to Bendigo, an hour to Horsham. I'm sort of hour from most major centres. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I I, I wasn't. Uh, I left school, and my dad had too many sheep on the farm, and he sent me out in a covered wagon and a and a horse and three dogs and and. Uh, 60 odd years later, uh, I've got eight dogs and, and eight banjos. So, you know, it's a success story. I took an old banjo in that Rover's cart, so that's where it started. And uh, yeah, it's been two of my uh, favourite hobbies. Yeah, it's a good sport, the dogs. Uh, you want to keep it as a sport. If you get too keen to win, uh, uh, you lose a lot of friends. So, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. actually probably some really good advice. Definitely. Yeah. And, well, and you don't get too cocky because the next time you go out, you can look pretty silly with sheep. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly we it. Walk, we don't walk tall for long. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's where I started. Uh, I did start on the road. I've never how been long, to it. How long at a time would you spend out on the road? Oh, I was a white-collar driver. My dad had come at weekends so I could go and play tennis and... Uh, go to the dance at night perhaps and then I get back in my car again and I had a hot water bottle and a gas gas cylinder and plenty of um, baked beans yeah yep. yeah That's just all right. to look out to look out of the the old covered wagon and there's a dog tied on each side of the road on a bag and the old tail wagging and the tongue out that's a pretty good greeting in the morning so yeah I bet yeah absolutely yeah so yeah, with the old horse um uh, Arnold's twin grip fence would play a jingle and the horse would, would whinny. And I had to rush and grab my horse. I don't know what it was saying, but it, it stirred up my horse. I, I always had to be not far away when I heard the jingle coming on. Now, that was an old radio with a dry battery. I guess, I'm going back a few years, I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah so. Spending a lot of time with your dogs, then you would have had a pretty good bond with them. Yeah. 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 
it's a, as I said, a pretty good greeting in the morning to, to uh, wake up. And of course, those days you needed a lead dog that just go on up the front, not pressure them, but just walk in front. And you'd probably wee on a few thistles and just muck around. It just held the mob from going too fast. But, uh, it did spoil them because then you'd send him around a mob sometimes, but he, he didn't push them because he'd been taught to just muck around in front of them. So, so you need horses for courses. And when you mean muck around in front, you mean just give ground and just yeah, hold yeah, them together? Yeah, and that's what you want him to do. And so it's yeah. like a meeting they would feed into it, yeah. But uh, I, I've never been to a dog training school, but I did start on the road with them. So I, I, I must have a bit of a feel uh, for what the sheep are going to do. Um, I've had a bit of fun and, and I don't think I know, but I, I, it seems to be working what I'm doing. So I've had some, some good, uh, good results over the years. Hmm. Did, did you ever consider leaving the farm and doing something else? For a career? Oh, when I was younger, I was uh, I was pretty keen on the tennis, and my dad said, "Well, while I stay at school, he'd cart me. I could go to Melbourne and play." And, but no, school wasn't for me, so I, it didn't lure me to go. But um, working on the farm, it was a wet day, and um, uh, my dad could see we weren't going to get much work done from being a very wet day, and he knew that this Captain Payne field trial was on. 60 miles up the road at bought and and he knew i was a bit keen on the dogs would you like to have a look so we went up and had a look and uh, that uh, yeah pretty impressive to sending him off four or five hundred k's um 100 meters yeah. uh, meters um uh long cast and uh, it's pretty impressive and so um a few years later, uh, about 1980, I was first and second with the Captain Payne. So that was a bit of a bit of a hoot. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then true. three days later, uh, the, um, a male dog from that female um, that I'd won with, um, we the day we won the America's Cup, um, I'm sitting having breakfast at a friend's place and the yacht barely moves past and everyone cheered we've beaten america in the america's cup and uh, i went out with the dog and uh, i was pretty early on that morning and uh, the judges uh, looked pretty good run and i'm getting the sheep off and they said, come here you may never see this again both judges agreed it was a hundred so nobody's ever had a hundred at a field trial plenty on the arena but in those big paddock ones um to cast the long cast and and uh, and I, I got a bit tougher. That was the first round. I got a bit tougher run in the final. I think I only got about eighty six, and I missed winning by half a point. But I got more publicity getting the hundred than <laughs> nobody's had one since uh, or before on a in a paddock. Yeah, with yeah. two judges. Yeah. yeah. So that was a bit of a hoop. And that's about all I had to hang my hat on until I knocked off for 18 years while the band was going well and our daughter was doing HSC. And um, I thought, well, not much you can do when you get old. So I trained, a, bred a litter, kept four, and they were all pretty good. You, you could uh, start four or ten times and not get what you want. But um, yeah. um, both Scooter, Scooter was the one that represented Australia and, 
and Victoria twice and uh, her sister Goggles. She was all white with a couple of black eyes. Uh, <laughs> and she won a couple of major events and and uh, and the other dog was one dog was pretty handy and the other one just the temperament was wrong. He got a ninety five at a novice and uh, but he wasn't listening to me at the end. So I drove for three hours to put him around a mob and get him down again. And uh, I rang that night and they said, no, you need 96 to get in the final. And, uh, so I did all that work and, uh, and, and I'd scratched my other ones, uh, but he put it over me again later. So I, I sold him. But the three, three out of the four were, were a bit special. So you need good luck in this game. That luck and a lot of hard work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people say, does it take long? And of course, when I was young, no, no, it doesn't take long. But now I'm like, oh, well, I'd better go and give those bastards a run, I suppose. You know, it's a, <laughs> a different attitude, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I... And, oh, you go. I was going to say, you spent a lot of time on the road and that's where you said you learn a lot. But was there anyone that inspired you with your dogs when you were starting out? Yeah, I guess it was a stock agent, Brendan Hogan from Donald, and he had a dog, Rusty, and and we'd be on that farm that had the 4,000 Corridales, and, uh, you know, they're filling the shed and Rusty would fly over them. Oh, I'd never had a dog backing and fly over the top. So it wasn't long that I had my old, my first one, the white one, was called George, and it wasn't long before George was flying over the front and dropped down come back through them and, was a standard procedure now, but I hadn't seen it. Uh, you, you you need to see what what's possible before you start training uh, things. Uh, yeah, bit, bit like my plaiting stock whips. I thought I was making pretty good whips, and I went to a circus, and there was a whip cracker, and I I saw him after. I said, "Do you mind if I have a look at your whips?" And he took me back, and there's a trunk full of whips, and the two tone and diamonds in the handles, and <laughs> so so I do that now. Once you see what's possible, you you, uh, you do that, and I've written Heinz in the handle with the weave, and and uh, so you need the you need a, a yardstick, somebody to show you what's possible, and so with that early days, uh, uh, watching that agent with the dog walking on top, uh, so then I I taught him to do that, so. Yeah, uh, he's not one that I continued on with trials. He was too rough for that. But yeah, you know, when you got four and a half thousand corollaries, you you need something a bit of a bit of push. <laughs> Absolutely. And while you're talking about making your whips, there, it's not just the whips you make either, is it? Oh, no, dog leads, but uh, probably the whistles uh, have been the best. Um, all most of the dog workers around these parts have got got one of my whistles. I, I started out bending a jam tin lid over and putting a nail hole through but you know we had to improve on that so got uh, for a while I was doing brass ones and had them silver uh, chrome plated and uh, but then I got onto stainless steel and uh, and then the special ones sterling silver for, yeah. for me <laughs> but um, yeah I, I, probably six years ago I'd done more than 10,000 but Wow. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm sort of known as the whistle maker. Um, and I play dog leads, of course. And yeah, there's probably probably a whistle whistle in there now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, I'm not dressed unless I've got a whistle. <laughs> That's it. Usually tucked down there. 
are you still making your whistles and leads? Yeah, and yeah I've, had to, I've had to work out another jig because my hands I, I'm having trouble bending them. So I've worked out another way of doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I keep I keep them with me at the trials and uh, and uh, people. Uh, hopefully, they put a a weak string on them and they lose them and then they buy another yes. one. <laughs> <laughs> Love the honesty. And um, I know you've had a few different designs on your whistle. Is there anything that inspires you for your different designs? Um, oh, well, the, the, uh, I did chop up a, a trophy that had grapes all the way around the edge and, uh, and I, I made whistles with the, the grapes on them. They're, they're, they're nearly into jewellery there, a bit upmarket, yeah. But uh, no, as long as they work. Um, but, yeah, they've probably come down a bit smaller than when I was making them earlier. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Just evolution. <laughs> and, and I believe you used to have one with a, a really popular trailer's face on it? Oh, yes. When, um, that was the card that went with them. Uh, Pip Hudson was my friend and he'd, uh, he was captain of the Australian team, so I thought, well, I took him up on Karoid up onto the top of the, the volcano and uh, took all these photos of him blowing blowing my whistle and I had his photo on the card that went with them for a while but then I told him it was costing me too much drink so I I, <laughs> I sacked him and just put the dog whistles just on the card and and roughly how to blow them so yep. yeah uh, Pip Pip is a great character in our in our sport yeah. yeah. And you would have met a lot of uh, great characters along the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. So just some of the, the comments, you know, as you're around the grounds. Uh, one old fellow, dog couldn't quite get to the front, and he, God, look at that! I could run faster than that with a nail in me boot. <laughs> <laughs> and and then you you sense that these two guys, probably not all that good of friends, and as they walked away and the old bloke said my word if you tied those two in a shed you'd need good strong collars and chains so <laughs> they, they relate everything back to, to dogs so, yeah. I, I went along with my son and he was only about seven or eight and oh gee, you got a good pup there Dave you know uh, it's just the terminology there there's some great characters yeah definitely hmm. Absolutely. And have you noticed the different in a difference in the way people handle stock now compared to when you were handling stock or uh, evolved over the years, I suppose? Yeah. The, or has it evolved? Probably I, I don't know everyone working stock, but as far as the dog, I dropped out for the 18 years and uh, um, it was only when the horse flu came in 2000, there wasn't much action on our local show arena with no horses and they asked me could I do a demo and I hadn't worked trials for about 18 years but I did a demo and it, it went pretty well so yeah I was thought as I said not much you can do when you're old so I uh, trained that litter and and uh, that four and got got back into it pretty early so yeah I couldn't believe it when I came back they're backing their dogs off to settle things and in the earlier days you took them on and beat the sheep. It's a bit costly. They're running around, but but then they you could pin quickly after you've broken them in. But now they start wide and don't want to upset them and trying to get ninety all the time. So it has it has it has changed a lot from when I was 
working in the 80s. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And so on to dogs a little bit. Um, what type or style of dog do you like? Well, in, in my younger days, I thought when they were quick and uh, that was the, uh, they're brilliant, you know, uh, but but that upsets things. So the, really the karma, karma dog uh, uh, suits me now. Uh, when I had to do a, a bit of a pen paragraph on myself when I got in the Australian team, I end up by saying that Scooter is a seven-year-old female and a joy to work. Just back a bit, scooter back a bit. <laughs> left, oh, I work on left and right, and uh, and it's the dog's left, not mine. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, over a bit, and left, right, back off, come in, you know. And she just did everything you said, and uh, a joy to work. We were some, get off there, some of you shouting <laughs> and roaring and. Uh, yeah, in, in the training, I, I make them do what's wrong a lot of the time, like the sheep are moving that way, and I, I want him to come the wrong way. And oh, are you sure? But, but just make them do as they're told. And that seems to, yeah, because they, you know, it's natural for them to cover and to, to get to the front, but sometimes you want them to go that way, and they've, they've got, to, got to obey, uh, and not all of them want to. So uh, we just have to keep. Keep training and hope we get. So I do enjoy the the softer working dog. Who, uh, so I have, and uh, I don't work dogs the day that I'm playing in the band that night. The singing's not too good. After. <laughs> 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 Over the top of ewes and lambs, uh, you you have to. I use the whistle mainly, but uh, I make sure I don't work <laughs> work sock that day. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to grab that? Yeah. Answer the first bit of that question. So but... you've already answered the first half of Chris Egan's question, but the second half is: Are you still seeing new things in dogs you like after all these years? Do I still? Are you still seeing new things in dogs you like oh. after all these years? Uh, oh, new things. Um, no, I I don't know. Um, Look, only the new way of working is to stay off, but um, new things in dogs, uh, yeah, we no, uh, just that they're, they're working a different style. I don't see the dog different, just he's trained differently as far as I could imagine. Yeah. Would you like to elaborate on that? What is different about how we're training now compared well, to... Well, as, as I mentioned, in the old days, you would send the dog round and block them at every turn and they're getting away a bit and you're losing points and and plenty of trials are won with a 65 and a 54 in the final whereas gee, you can't win much with that nowadays so as i say we take them more cautiously now um stay right off them until they get used to the dog and uh, and uh, you just try not to upset them whereas we upset them all right in the old days, but you yeah. wore them down and uh, and and then they they cooperated on the second half of the trial. We were allowed to play with them at the peg, and I'd look at some of the old fellows, and he can't get them around the peg. Well, because he wasn't trying to. He was getting a lot of work. It wasn't you weren't penalising them too much there before they came around the peg. 
But once they came out of the bank, things were supposed to happen. So they got a lot of work on them. They're starting to come around. They'd block it. And they'd, a lot of a lot of uh, left and rights around there. And then the sheep would head off towards the first gap. And they're looking around for the dog. He's, he's been everywhere around me till now. And you, know, you sort of broke them in at the peg. But that doesn't seem to happen today. They just stay off them as much as they can all the way around. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's very different. And you mentioned obstacle there. So obviously um, back then you guys were looking for a lot of forward movement. So like at an obstacle, if something wasn't moving through, were you doing your best to, even if you had to lose points, but to try and get positive movement and always moving yeah. forward? Uh, well, no, uh, you were losing points. If you didn't, uh, they'd let you perhaps put the dog over to the right, or it doesn't matter which side, but to the right, yeah. and then perhaps over to the left. Well, we want sheep to move as a judge. Well, come on, you've got to shift something this time, whereas now they're positioning a lot left, right, and, over, and as long as you get home in time, the judges are paying it. But, yeah. you know, if you're putting them in the shed and there's a shower coming, you can't be just fiddling around. Um, yeah. so in those early days, they'd let you try and, cover a bit but then we want the sheep to move and otherwise you're penalized whereas yeah. a lot of judges now are only taking points when they run off course but yeah uh, uh, and i've got to tone down a bit because i i was read in the, the days when we want things to happen and i've got to ease back off that because um well you mightn't get home if you take too many of them when, <laughs> when they're yeah. around <laughs> Yeah. It, it, and it's still similar in a utility trial. So, like where you got your, your field and your yards. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like if you're camping in front of an obstacle, like the judge is hitting their clicker the whole time. Like you, you're losing points. Yeah, he wants something to happen. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the best tests of a, I judged the National Kelpie trial, and that was um, a, a fairly long cast to, to or on a footy ground, a fairly long cast, cast to, to get perhaps five or six sheep and bring them in and then mix them with another probably 15 or something like that and then you would draft off the the first couple and the last two or three and then uh no only three you draw the first two and one off the back and go out and work a standard three sheep trial well after bashing them around in the yard that's a wonderful test of a dog and that's the national Kelpie trial. Yep. Yeah. Uh, whereas the yard dog events probably don't get that cast in. Um, uh, they've got a good high fence around them. And um, But I, I went to a yard dog event the other day and uh, um, most impressed with uh, the, all the young people that are having a crack at it. It, uh, it was great. Um, what impressed you, Dave? Uh, uh, Eden Hope ran the Trans-Tasman courses, the one we work when we work against New Zealand, and we need more practice at that. So they had a Trans-Tasman course on the arena and they had the R-Dog events uh, at the side. And, we were, and uh, probably not many of the three sheepers had to go at the R-Dogs, uh, except uh, one of our better guys, and he did quite well at it, but he, he won the arena by a mile with the same dog. And it, you know, I saw him backing with him and, it, that, that's a that's a good dog and uh, yeah. he didn't win anything in the i don't think in the well he won the combination there was a prize for 
the points you got added to the points you got there and he he won that by a street but uh, i haven't got any that backs now um, and i don't think with two sheep I, I, there's not much to sit on is there yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. But what, what impressed you more was it um, the dogs or handlers or a combination of the two? Well, just the so many of the young couples that were, were there. Um, a lot of a lot of girls see uh, working dogs, and uh, uh, I've nothing against that, but they're winning, and uh, you know, that's not good. Actually, <laughs> 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 Victoria Victoria was the first state to have two ladies to represent the state some other states have had one lady and a man you see two from each state uh, you have a selection trial to um some would go on points but because it's a different course that we have a selection trial on that course because you can be good at an ordinary trial but this but the trans tasman course you must keep the sheep in front and the and do a drive for half the course well uh, the the good dogs want to get to the front and uh, so you need the old casual old farm dog to stay behind a bit. And uh, so, uh, yeah, just so many young couples. Uh, oh, you couldn't get a park. I <laughs> filled the whole joint up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was encouraging to, to see that. I, I was really rapt to see their enthusiasm. And, uh, and there was some great work uh, in the yards, whereas for a while there used to be bashing them around a bit in the early days. But... Uh, no, and uh, um, oh, I just missed his name, but the, the, the guy that won it, yeah, he's he's just working like a three sheep trial, but he could back if he wanted to. A lot, a lot of nice cover, yeah, yeah. yeah and do you want to tell us a little bit about your current team of dogs? Yeah, well, only Molly's. Uh, uh, I I don't discard them readily um i haven't got much room to rear them now i'm in town so i put up with what i've got <laughs> but uh, yeah molly molly um, um i got her back um, from my share farmer he he was tragically killed and uh, and i'd given him the pup and uh, so after the dust had settled i just said to his widow I reckon there's a bit in that molly how about i take her and train her and and you have the trophies and i have the money and it won an improver straight into open class on its first outing so yeah. that that made it hard because they're pretty hard to win the opens but anyway a couple of years later 2019 she won the captain Payne, the big big long cast and uh, and uh, so uh, and she's the one that qualified to represent victoria this year that i've had to give up that spot um i had a bit of trouble uh, i put off telling uh, the officially uh, the widow is the owner uh, even though i gave the pups to them um, so i didn't like to say i'll just uh, pull out of uh, having a chance to represent australia with your dog <laughs> <laughs> i didn't tell them the first week but, um, so uh, yeah that's the, um i've got a pup he hasn't been to the track yet from her she had um, eight um, uh, eight were born dead and just one alive uh, and he looks pretty good so that was a bit of a not that i would have kept many but my my rallies have always had heinz dogs and they were hanging out for another pup um, uh, but he's looking pretty good um, 
I've got another white one and I suppose he's lucky. I came in working white. I'll probably put up with him, but he's overrunning. He comes right around and right around the other way. And, and uh, if the sheep want to get away, well, he's he's opened the gates all the time. But if they're not, I might get a, I might win a novice with him. But because he's white, he's lucky. I'll probably came in working white. I'll go out working on white dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, it's amazing. The best dogs I've, I've ever had, I'd sold for, as a pup, and for different reasons they came back. Um, the one I got the hundred at the, the thing I I used to tie my dogs in a guy's calf shed when I was up at a trial at Kyabram, and then he had bad luck, a um, um, bad car accident with his um, son, and. Uh, so he sold up the farm and his wife said, what are you going to do with little Dave? They called the dog Dave. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was awkward when it came back. <laughs> um, he said, I'll give him back to his owner. Oh, well, you know, they, I'd given it to them because they were kind to me. So I got Craig back and like he, he was a bit special. And then Scooter was sold to my neighbours' rallies and, and then I hear they, they wanted to bring it back and, my neighbour said, well, Dave mightn't want it. No, we don't want any money back. We just don't need the dog. And she came back and, and so I say, represented Victoria twice and Australia once. So, um, and Molly's come back. She was given to my share farmer and and, uh, and she's been going, well, it's, uh, I must do something wrong when I start them. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, yeah, it's, it's quite amazing. But uh, I've got another one called Blue that came back. Um, sold to my, my mate's grandkids and then they shifted from Horsham to Ballarat and no room for the dog and could you place him? I said, well, he was only this big when, when he left me, I'll, I'll have first look. And, yeah, he nearly won the biggest novice in the land, but he's gone a bit silly since. But um, I'll put up with him because I'm not going to keep breeding them. So I put up with a few. A few uh, so nothing to skite about at the moment. <laughs> And you mentioned to us earlier that you don't breed a lot of pups, but when you have, like, what were you looking for in your own line? Well, probably in my early days, I, I wanted them quick, but I, I soon realised that that upsets sheep. If they've, You've got to be good when you come back. If you grab quickly on that side, you've got to come back pretty hard. So something a bit more uh, casual is, is what I was after, but I haven't got much that's casual at the moment. I see other trainers, uh, uh, dog people, sometimes we've got a whole team of pretty calm dogs. So, um, yeah, I, I don't expect to set the world on fire with what I've got, but I, I don't uh, I don't think I'll start any, any more. That'll do me. I, I have bought a brown and white border collie from my mate who's been doing well with the, his breed. And I do like the cover on the... Uh, on the fence line, um, uh, the sheep only th think they might go somewhere, and he's got it, got it covered. I, I'm very impressed. But oh, hopeless cast! He just straight <laughs> up in, in the middle of two, like not easy to get in the middle of two. <laughs> he's, ten, he's ten months old, so it's a bit of time there. But uh, yeah, he's got a good coat on him too. He's a beautiful dog. Uh, I think stamps. There's uh, brown and white dogs on uh, a batch of stamps that came out, and uh, he looks very like one of those. But anyway, well, 
I'll probably he'll be a good pet if he doesn't make the big league. <laughs> yeah, so you know some of the guys that are really into it, they don't put up with anything half good. That's sold it on, sell it on, and start something else. And when people put up with some dogs with a lot of faults, a lot of young pups out there wanting to be trained. I don't think you should persevere too much if you if it's not for you. If you don't enjoy working them, you better. To, uh, a new owner gets something different out of them sometimes. Yeah. They change hands, yeah. Um, and who were the most influential dogs for you? Uh, uh, my dogs, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, uh, you'd think that, um, you'd think of probably Scooter, um, um, she's only just um, gone now, but... Um, like 2000, she still represented Victoria in 2017, like Australia in 16. You'd think I'd pick her, but I had a grey, a grey dog called Cloudy, and uh, he won the Commonwealth Championships at, at Coroit. And uh, it's not a big field, you're only allowed one dog each, but there were 45 in it, and at least 30 of them either represented their state or Australia. And uh, they were all there because they have another event, the Dog of the Year. So all the reps from every state were there and they bring their mates. So it's pretty hot competition and, uh, and they end up winning. I, I think I, we got about an 89. Uh, that's the Trans-Tasman course too, that you're driving a lot of the time. 89 the first score and then I um, got a 94 in the final and I was walking tall and the bloke that, Instead of 89, he had a 90, and then he got a 93. We're level again. So, And the band's waiting for me down the street because uh, there's a big jazz festival at the same place. So I had to go out again, and he got 96. And so he beat a lot of the top fellas. So I think that's probably my best win, yeah. whereas you'd think getting in the Australian team would be. But you're only working against 12. All the others have been eliminated back in the state. But yeah. they were all there for... And most of them were there for that, that event. And he uh, uh, he had a uh, he had a, a problem, a, can, a health problem, and uh, and Scooter was about 14 and couldn't hear, and so I sent Scooter off for the company. They both went off together. Yeah. Yeah. A tough day. Mm -hmm. It would have been. Definitely. And, and if there was an old dog you could have had back, you know, could have back today, who would that be and why? Yeah, um, I had one called Sailor. Um, oh, he'd take on rams, bulls, anything, and and uh, yeah, he was a bit special. He, he was he did win a, a a major event, but he didn't win many. He was just too too tough for him. But uh, when when the sheep were really tough and were fighting, oh, he he loved it. That was so he would have been handy if I still had the farm. Um, he end, end up, um, uh, he went to my niece in Brighton and uh, he lived well down in Brighton. That's the, the posh suburb of Melbourne. And, and then our daughters um, used to pick him up and take him to the Alfred Hospital as a therapy dog. And I just couldn't believe it. This roughest dog I've ever had, but he was all white and with a black eye. And, and uh, he ended up a pretty special therapy dog after being one of the roughest farm dogs and <laughs> trials. Uh, uh, so he was a bit, uh, he wouldn't mind having him back. 
but um, now you have to move on. Um, aren't we good? See, Scooter hadn't done a lot until she was seven. Uh, yep. She always looked good, but um, and then uh, Andrew Chapman did a, a book on dogs, and uh, they came and filmed a few on my property, and and uh, uh, the book came out, and I went to a trial, and I I got four pages in it, and <laughs> they. They said, gee, Dave, you've got a pretty good run. And, of course, they said I was a leader in the field and, and I've done nothing <laughs> since I've come back. <laughs> anyway, I just sneaked in the final six at there and got a 94 and she won. It was a very timely win. Uh, yeah. I was pretty special. <laughs> but, um, actually, I noticed you've got the Working Dog magazine is a part of your uh, in yeah. your program. Yeah, it was the, the, number eight. They did a story on the whistle blower, the whistle maker, oh, okay. the whistle blower. Yeah, <laughs> whistle yeah, on the, the the eighth edition. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. Anne, what are you up to now? Um, I've just yeah. sent. A, oh, it's about to come out the twentieth, twentieth issue. 20th, yes. 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 Now, yeah, I now yeah. do four issues a year. Sorry, the, the. I now do four issues a year. Oh, four a year. Oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. Keeps me busy. <laughs> Keeps me real busy, I, but. I didn't realise so. uh, until I saw the promo that, uh, um, yeah, that, that was, they were good sketches too of the, um, the black and white um, dog and the, the thing. So, because um, I do a bit of artwork too. Um, I'm a, a closet artist and not many yeah. people see what happened, but I do portraits mainly. Because if you. Do a portrait and it looks like, oh, that's good, Dave. Whereas you do a scene, it wouldn't matter where you put the tree, would it? But, um, <laughs> so uh, the arts group here just sent me a um, A4 size. They're uh, having an exhibition, but they're also having just an A4 size painting. So I've done, I've done uh, uh, a young lady in blue on that one. So uh, I've only just finished. What, yeah. what inspired the young lady in blue? Uh, I only copy things. I saw saw something and I I uh, um, enlarged it to A4 and and just copied it. Yeah. 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 I don't create a great lot. I'm a great sheet. I copy most things. Yeah. That's right. My my most artistic thing I do mate, is write my name. So I'm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> with a paper with a pencil and piece of paper. <laughs> Yeah. But while we've been talking about dogs, everyone's got a different opinion of feel. What's feel to yourself? Like a presence with the, the sheep. Um, if the sheep are frightened of your dog, you you this is, I'm sorry, I'm talking three sheep. It's okay. Oh, yeah, three sheep. If the sheep don't like your dog, like most people think, well, they don't like any dog, but you can put dogs around behind sheep and they just stand. Um, and that's a presence that, um, that's a, a, a settling effect. But then uh, I think Molly has got a presence that she's in front of them and they, they sense that if we don't back off, she's going to tear our snozzle off. So, yes. so that's a presence too that they know they better lean off and yet you can't train that. That just, that's just happens. And, uh, so it's good um, you've got the ones that settle them well, but then you you do want that that uh, presence when you need them to 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 walk on through. Um, 
I think you've got to keep them moving. Like, if you get them backed onto the gates, uh, there's got to be a fight. Like, if, you, if you're backed on, uh, you must ease off and let them have room to, to turn around. Uh, uh, I must have done that in my younger days. I had a dog and I'm got him backed on and I'm crawling him up to push. <laughs> and the judge, judge after, and then, of course, my dog bit and I'm out. And I'm going off and the dog, the judge said, if I see you forcing a dog onto sheep when there's nowhere for them to go, again, I'll kick your ass. <laughs> that was good advice from the judge, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, so I, I know, give them some room. But sometimes until you're told, you don't realise those things. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, presence, yeah. Yeah, you are, is that somewhere near what you were asking, the presence? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like Everyone's got a different interpretation of it, right? And um, I, I like the way you explain that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I don't – I I only do what I think. I don't know what everyone else does. And uh, um, But uh, I've just been with sheep um, all my life and I suppose you finally get to understand how they – how they mill and revolve around and because yeah. um, you can get a mob out of gateway and, and if they go this way they'll never go through until they pass and then perhaps the tail end will go through sorry my hands are demonstrating and they're not in the picture <laughs> yeah you're right yeah they're like if they're revolving around and you're in the wrong place they're not going to go out through the, the gate um, so you you have to be have them rolling into the gateway if you can so I yeah. use all those things so um too much three sheep work probably sends the dog crazy and soon after the man goes crazy too uh, <laughs> <laughs> <it's> a, <laughs> <laughs> yes i've got to include that now because yeah, there's, <laughs> there's just as many um, ladies working and as i said they're they're working well <laughs> Um, but yeah, in my day, the old Mrs. Beatson was probably the only lady, and uh, she liked my plaiting, so I, I plaited her a whip. And um, and I think there was a Shirley Pye Macmillan uh, um, in New South Wales working. But yeah, that was about all I knew of in in my early days, around the seventies and eighties. Uh, I, I had to look see when I started, but it must have been. Uh, uh, I've got a, a satchel down there. It's got 1974 on it. I won something. Uh, so, yeah, well. uh, so I, I, that wouldn't have been when I first started, but I did win an open four years after I started. It was, and that was just the sheep were too, too tough for everyone. And I had a semi-farm dog, I suppose. And, and, uh, and uh, one, one South Australian chap said to me, he was six years in the trials before he got a placing of any sort. And I thought, gee, why would you stay there for six years? <laughs> 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 well, but he, he became a top worker. So uh, so uh, any advice? Persevere, persevere, um, if, if you want to, if you like your dogs. and But so many people are coming in, they've got their, their pet dog and they just like to have a go at the trials. Um, and they're never going to do much if he's just their pet. He mightn't have any breeding in him at all. And and uh, 
a lot of a lot of uh, new handlers have kelpies too it takes them a while to to swing over to border collies and if you <laughs> if you want to be famous you're probably going to go to border collies in the three sheep <laughs> um, but no I, i've had a good kelpie and i've judged the, the national kelpie trial and uh, um, i i know this I, I i always describe it as the border collie is a bit more biddable um you train your kelpie and you say right and he moves over and you have a look at the sheep and by the time you look back he's back where he wanted to be he's a natural worker and and i just sort of describe it a bit like that but they're not all like that but most of them are they they and if you're on a farm and not going to train a dog much well he's the natural worker and he's ideal for you but if you want to position them bit by bit and back a bit and round a bit the border is the one that seems to take the commands and stay where you put him and uh, yeah. yeah yeah but no no wonderful dog the kelpie um especially with those nice eyebrows and, and yeah the, the tricolor they're a beautiful dog and there yeah, plenty of them i got both in my camp at the moment and a cattle dog but he's a pet but um yeah yeah they are aren't they a meat buyer asked me to train one but I, you know, he wouldn't go to the front. He just liked biting the end of uh, <laughs> the, the, the sheep. But uh, but he was a meat buyer and he's very handy when I was selling something. So I did try. <laughs> yeah. And we've spoken about strength a little bit today. Um, and you mentioned there about that trial earlier um, where you had a dog, a farm dog with a bit of strength. How yeah. important is that identifying natural strength um, in a young pup compared to building it? with age and experience? Yeah, um, I, I think if you want to win trials, you probably need to build it because if they've got natural strength, the sheep won't like him. And as I said, the sheep have to be comfortable and you're probably better to, um, that Craig that I got the 100 with, uh, my friend said, look, I've always liked that dog, but he's going to have to do it soon. He was just not pushing enough in the early days but then once he got a bit more confident, he was pushing and then he, he became a good dog. But, yeah, uh, I think if, the, if you've got the natural strength, yeah, there'd have to be a lot of hard training to keep him back and to try and settle your stock for, for, that's for trials, as I say. I'm, yeah. I'm really only round to that now. I, I haven't got a mob uh, that I do much with. Yeah. So I prefer to tr train the strength and have the natural strength. But yeah. if you do yard dogs, you, you, the natural one would be probably good. Hmm. And what is your training setup that you've got at home? Um, you really only need a bridge because um, you could have a white stone there and a, and a, a thistle there and, and there's nothing to whip around. But as soon as you get an obstacle, the dogs, the sheep start running around it quickly whereas you can guide them through those two unofficial markers um, probably better. But the dog's got to go up on a bridge and your pet sheep just go up and jump off so there's nothing to do. So you have a gate in the end of the bridge um, with the string. So it lifts up, it lifts up. Where am I? <laughs> it lifts yeah. up all the string. And, and uh, then you want to ring to catch them that they don't go far 
and then you can call your dog out because if they run away, he'll go over the bridge and probably cross. Yeah. So for training for the trials, you do need a bridge, and uh, and I and often if your dog's only young, you can't get him up the get him to the bridge. So I put my bridge against a fence line. Well, that sounds very clever, and I'm, I follow the fence and I can get them up. But then when they jump off, it's a fence line, so the only way to go after them is come behind me, and now I've got them pulling too much. And, and uh, they're working them up and they keep pulling that way all the time. So that's that's spoiled that a bit. I'll have to reassess, uh, reassess that. My young ones, I haven't had them up on the bridge because these two sheep that I've got are uh, uh, allergic to going up. They'll do anything. So... Uh, I might have to change them one day, but um, yeah. So um, the the, um, the you need the bridge. Yeah. But, um, on the, uh, I have got a pen, and just happened, and I do it all again. It's an eight foot opening, and I've only got a six foot gate, and. When I get the sheep in the pen, I'm coming around the gate so it doesn't hit your dog. He's holding them in. And then when you shut it, it's still two feet that he can watch them. And that stops him running around the back. Like if you if you block it right off, it's very easy for the dog to run around the back and try and get them out. And yeah. you take three or four points off if a dog whips around the back. His job is to hold them in while you're shutting the gate and stay there until the gate's shut and good boy. Um, so I would always put that short gate on the pen in, in training uh, for that reason. Um, it just just happened by I only had a six foot gate, but uh, that was that was a uh, thing I'd recommend. Um, they can still see the sheep and they don't leave their position. Mm. Good advice. Definitely, I like the thought behind that. Hmm. Well, well, I actually thought it just happened. I didn't. I didn't invent that. It just happened. <laughs> and I could see the benefit of it as soon as, as soon as I had it. Because you don't want the gate to hit them as you're coming around. You want them to hold up close, but yeah. you don't want to uh, upset them. Um, and that shorter gate in training. Yeah. When you were first talking about your bridge, and you said the the only problem you have, I thought you were going to talk rather than your dogs pulling is when your sheep are coming up the bridge, they jump over the fence. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, well, I have had them down in the middle of St. Uh, I, I rang the police and the shire and said there's a big weather <laughs> roaming around the town and he'll knock somebody over, he'll kill them. And uh, anyway, I, I went straight and my one dog went after him and then it got lost and somebody caught it on the highway. And oh, <laughs> it was cloudy. And he was the one I said I, I value his uh, win in the the Commonwealth Championships uh, about yeah. everything I've done. Anyway, somebody had him on a string and uh, the, the sheep ran into uh, 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 holding yard at the mill and uh, they shut the gate on him and, and luckily the three or four fellows helped me throw him on the thing. But, yeah, so they got out. For, uh, I'd probably, I think it'd probably a pup after them put them over the fence, uh, the, the one <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, yes. Uh, yeah, from the bridge, you reckon it was pretty easy to jump over the fence. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it is important to have a, a circle out there only six feet across that they don't go far and then you yeah. call your dog out. 
you call him back and uh, and put them out of there. But uh, yes, uh, they're keen, and the sheep go, they'll go over the bridge. And if they've gone that way, I'm, I'm sorry, my hands aren't in the screen. If they've gone yeah. uh, off to the right, uh, you're going to cross as soon as you go off the bridge. So um, yeah. that's, that's the sin. Uh, and there's a question here from Chris Egan. He's asked, when you were talking about the young dog with the straight cast splitting the two sheep, is that something you'll work on? Um, when will you do it and what will you do? The, the young dog with the... That was splitting the two sheep. Oh, yeah. No, we've got to probably start, don't send him so far and... Uh, and try and keep him around. At this stage, I've put a bit of a, a cyclone up so and start him on the outside, and there's a gap at the end. The only way to get in behind them is to go all the way to the gap. And, yep. and that's and then I sit him down behind them. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a battle. I'll have to use all the, all the lousy tricks I know, I think, to get him around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do know the guy I got them from. A lot of his dogs do go a bit straight, and you think, "Ooh," and they just break out the right way at the finish. So, yeah, uh, I don't train them to to go. Mine will go both right hand cast and a left hand cast, but I like that to be set one way, and then I know that if they see the sheep, they will break out and not cross. But if you teach them to go both ways. Um, you should sometimes it suits, but I've had more fun knowing that if they see the sheep, they're going to break out that way and won't cross on me. Um, yeah, um, but once I'm working sheep, I pull them around behind and they go the other way. But, um, my training set up out of the farm was an old disused dip yard, and I would, um, it was a double gates the other end and I would I would uh, <laughs> sort of twist the gate so the dog could still get through the gap. I can't show the gap, but um, yeah. just twist them and, and he would get in behind them and I could only go that way uh, to the right because there was a fence the other way. So that meant that most of my dogs cast to the right. But uh, the, the white one that's overrunning, he seems to favour the left, so I always send him. He went probably, he probably went 400 yards today to the left without crossing, and there were, there were just a couple hundred shorn sheep, but he could see them, and uh, he was he went all the way, but <clears throat> just overran all the time. But they don't get away. <clears throat> Excuse me, they don't get away when you're overrunning. Yeah, the dog that doesn't go far enough, the mob gets wider and wider and wider. So, and has that ever come against you in a trial, having a dog like prominently yeah. sent one way? Yeah, uh, I did go to uh, South Australia, and you, you couldn't get in from behind, so you walked in. And as I'm walking in, they saw a, a, a concrete tank up on the hill, and they thought that was a release box. So then I got out there and then I turned to the right and the sheep were up, up that way. So I'd send them to the right and they go straight across up to the tank. Yeah. So it was, you weren't out in that one. It was just yeah. 20 points. And then it whistle and stop them and 
Oh, there's the sheep. So they'd cross back again. So there's 40 I'm down before I started. So I didn't go back there for a few years. <laughs> it didn't suit me at all. And so that was a left-hand cast would have been pretty handy there. But that's the only time in, in uh, 50 years that it's been against me. So put up with that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. have you got an age that you like to start your pups? Well, the seeing eye dog, they say uh, what you don't show him in the first two months, you can't catch up on. It'll still be good, but you'll be that much better if you – and a gun dog, taking him out shooting in two months just to get mm. used to the sound and that. So I keep that in mind with the pups and, and tie them where they can see the other dogs working when they're, when they're young. And um, one – I sold one – dog once and uh, the chap didn't do any good he said oh look he's a beautiful dog he sits when i tell him and he comes back when i tell him but you see he had all that in before he got keen on sheep and uh, so you say way back and he cringes down because everything he's been taught is restrictive so i make sure they're keen on sheep before i even teach them to sit or you know i just want them to have that instinct going and then start disciplining them then but th that guy had just done all that discipline uh before he got him going and and uh, uh, i forget whether that one came back and i did something with him or not but i i realized that yeah too much training too early on discipline is uh is not good yeah get them keen on the sheep first and then and then uh, start the discipline after that and as I yeah. said, I make them do what's wrong all the time. To you do as I say, not not what you'd like to do. And uh, that's that's sort of uh, our kids were lucky. I wasn't as hard on them. <laughs> <laughs> and and do you have an age limit where you like to see your dog showing some interest on your sheep. Oh um, yeah, well, see this one that's not casting well. He's ten months old, but oh, he's got a great feel once he's. Once he's got those two on the fence line, the, the sheep only got to think they're going to go that way, and he he, he covers it. He's, he's they do say that the good casting dogs aren't as good at obstacles, perhaps because they break out too much. Uh, so if I can get this brown bloke casting enough to pick up the sheep, uh, he could be good at all the obstacles. So we work on that. There's a lot of lot of theories. So. Um, some said when we bred the hair off the, the, the border collie, we, we bred the brains out of the head too, but I don't know. <laughs> right. So a lot of, lot of experts out there, I tell you. Well, there is. Nothing <laughs> we do, right? Yeah. Um, I was just going to ask, you said there about like the um, that sit and a stop with a young dog. How do you teach that? To stop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'd probably just do that away from sheep in the backyard um, yeah. and get, uh, uh, well, I, I walk along on a short lead. I walk along, um, I think I say sit and I whistle and tug up. And the tug up on the neck throws the bottom down. And there's, that's a right. And then you get to the stage, um, just and he's sitting on the whistle. 
So that's how I, I start the, the whistle, um, uh, the, teaching the sit. And um, even that one that's not casting, by the time he goes outside, that bit of cyclone I put up gets in the gap and I whistle and he's sitting behind them. So getting that into his head, you don't just hool into them once you get behind. Yep. Yeah, so, um, and there was one one chap, his dogs always beat the bell. Oh, he'd drive hundreds of k's and, and one guy impersonated him as, as he's getting to the, the peg, he's backing to the peg and getting lower and lower and, oh, then cursed because he'd gone again. <laughs> so knowing that can go on when I'm starting a young one, sit behind me i'll look at my watch you sit down there i'll look at my watch and and scratch my nose and look back at the sheep and you good boy i keep talking to them good boy you stay there sit down and i might be five ten minutes on those young ones you don't go until i say because i've seen what happens once they <laughs> get mean. and uh, but mine now they go on the bell look you, you think you, I don't normally send them on the bell, but nah. the ones sitting in the ute, as soon as the bell goes, they all jump. So your new pups get the hang of it beforehand. So the bells are go. So I let me go on the bell now. Yeah. <laughs> right. how much, hmm? I was just going to say, how much training do you do off stock? Oh, well, all that is um, the, the pups to sit and, and those things uh, away from stock. But then, of course, the stock excites them. So then you thought you had them sitting when you said, but uh, the sheep are running. Um, but, I, you know, I just keep at that until they do as they're told. Uh, but, yeah, look, when I had the, the farm and big mobs, I'd be driving to the back. Oh, there's a, there's a 300 sheep about um, nearly... 800 metres away. Oh, too good a chance not to send a dog on a long car. <laughs> and I just to bring them up. And uh, I, I did have a set up with three sides of netting. And I put the sheep in that three sides. Uh, and that was well away from any fences. And then I'd drive about 600 metres up the hill. And then send get a dog out, send him wide. And plenty of room to get in behind all that netting and that just kept them from going into the corners and i'd drive down and be there about soon after the dog got there and we have a little play with them and then the dog would put them back in those three sides and and uh, drive up the hill and, and uh, get another another long casting one out and send it off same thing get down there a little bit of work after they've got them and uh, I might try six or seven dogs. That way you're not wearing your sheep out. Like if I, if it brought them up to 600 metres and then you took them back again, uh, yeah. you only get two goes. You, you work eight dogs and the sheep haven't really gone anywhere. But yeah. It's hard if they're in a corner, but that that was probably, uh, oh, it could have been uh, 50 metres from fences all around. So there's plenty of room to get deep in behind. Absolutely. And when you were on the farm, how much time did you used to put into training your young dogs or most of it done on the job? Well, uh, a lot of it was on the job, but um, as I told you, I was pretty keen then. And uh, yeah. 
it didn't seem like much time, but obviously it was. So as you get keen on dogs, your farm gets more untidy. There's not as much cleaning up going on. Um, um, so uh, if you like a tidy farm, don't take on dog trials because any spare moment you've got, you're out. Oh, he looks good. We've got to give him a bit more work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned... Um earlier that you've been trying for a long time the first one there i think you said was you had a um a plaque or a trophy there from 1974. yeah what do you remember what age you started trialing at or thereabouts my, my age yeah um well you can work it out um I, I was i was i'd started when our son was only a baby because i said to rosemary you take what john needs and I'll pack everything else. And I took an electric blanket, electric blanket, and nothing else. And we didn't know where to get on it, on top of the blackberry blanket or under the electric blanket. So I got the sack from packing after that. But that uh, John's fifty-two now, and I, and I, yeah, yeah I, I, they used to call me Young Dave, but uh, I'll be eighty-three this year. So if you take 50, 52 off, uh, off uh, 80, 80, 83, uh, uh, I must have been. Uh, yeah, around 35, 40, something like that. Yeah, early 30s. Early, early 30s. Early yeah. 30s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that'd be right. Yeah. Um, so, um, um, yeah, it's been it's been good. Um, but don't give up your day job. Like, you don't make a fortune. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it, it was, it did help be able to train them as you're working your farm. And then yeah. they do special work then, and uh, I probably had them all backing in those days. But um, um, and if you've got a, a timid one, well, you use him in the yards. And if you've got one that's pushing too much, I wouldn't use him in the yards. So you just build up. You're trying to correct all the time. Like in tennis, if you had a weak backhand and a strong forehand, well, you practice your backhand. And, and yeah. Up. So the dogs are the same. Whatever you think there is their weak spot you you spend more time on that yeah and and you mentioned a lot about um like three ship trolling today um have you tried any other format of trolling well only the yard dogs yeah. um and i enjoyed that um the the judges told me later i went to hamilton sheep venture and that's been going for years and they had a yard dog event and uh, the judge told me later uh, uh, I'd sent the dog over the top and, uh, and he heard somebody in the crowd say, look at that, he can stop that dog in midair. So <laughs> I don't know what I'd done, but he, he must have stopped when I got near the end of the, the mob and came back through them because that's what they that's what they saw anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, they were and uh, did pretty well there. And then I went to a three sheep trial the next day after the yard work and uh, I think I was first, second, and third in a novice, but it didn't happen. I was out with the stock whip in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> Get back, you! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just didn't happen. You, you, uh, they'd been in the yards pushing, and then I wanted a bit more, a bit more uh, distance on them the next day. So yeah, nothing just happens. No, that's for sure. Hundred percent. And I was going to say, why do you trial? What do you enjoy about it? 
well, there's not many things you can do at my age. Um, uh, and uh, there's some characters there. And oh, you don't have to win them all, but as long as you pick up something occasionally, it gives you a bit of a, you walk tall for a half an hour. <laughs> Pushes you <laughs> on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, oh, there's some, uh, yeah, there's some great people. Um, sometimes you get a, I think I've mentioned it before somewhere, not tonight, but uh, sometimes there's uh, people that perhaps want to uh, talk about their dog more than you want to listen. And uh, you're sort of, you know, gathering and you're seeing coming and then you're, oh, look, I better go and let a dog off. And then, of course, when you see your mates next, uh, you rot a hind, you saw him coming. <laughs> so you get a bit of fun out of the scoundrels as well, uh, but there's not many, not many of those. Uh, we're all there trying. And look, they wish you well, and I reckon more than half uh, really mean it. <laughs> Plenty of people still trying to win, but they, they wish you well. But I, I, yeah. most of them do mean it. They, uh, it's nice to see a good run, no matter who's who's getting it. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If you could make a change to trialling today, would there be a change you can make, or do you like them the way they're going? I think we've got a modified course that's a little bit wider because, see, the sheep aren't handled on the farms like they used to be. Years ago, if I wanted to sell sheep, I'd walk them six miles into the local market and you may buy them and walk them five k's home to your paddock and that would all be done with a dog and walking around. So they were used to dogs, but some of the crossbred lambs and things we work probably never seen a dog well gee it's a bit of a handful so and you're still trying to thread them full in a six foot opening race in the middle of nowhere it's uh, it's not easy and so we have opened up some of the obstacles a bit for a modified course and i think anyone watching they like to see your pen and we, yeah. we do trials and nobody's pen for the whole trial so I, I think in the old days they said, oh, do you, you want better dogs or do you want an easier course? But I don't think it's uh, with the wild sheep we're working now, I don't think it's uh, it's spoiling the dogs if it was a bit easier. Um, the the Trans-Tasman course uh, has a Maltese cross, but it's about six foot wide and, and you're allowed to block your side. You've got your arms out and and it's more like home and you can run to keep up in those sections the first sections were australian and the next two sections are new zealand and we're allowed to block our side and uh, and run and uh, and then the last one back then not even allowed to blink as you're walking and and after you've been blocking them it's very tempting when they go past you to put your arm and legs out but uh, <laughs> so the man they did say, look, the man will lose as many points as the dog and the sheep will lose. Because just getting, uh, I, I, uh, one of my first goes at it, I was fighting that dog called Sailor that I said I'd like to have back. And he, get off, and I'm growling at him, and I got the gap. And I, But when you get the gap, that's presumably a fence line, and that's the only way you can get through, to go through the hole yourself. Well, for 40 years I've been getting that and walking on, it's very hard to remember to walk over there and go through the gap. And three times I, I, I seven points, they call you up, seven points off, come back and walk through the gap. And uh, 
if you've got an easy dog, you can remember all those things. But uh, with a tough dog and you're that pleased again, and away you go for 40 years, you just said, ah. So I found now if I turn side on, it's a fairly big turn then to, to turn and hopefully you wake up that you've got to go through the gap. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, that's just a thing. But so that's a bit wider, that course. So I think we could make it a bit easier yet and I think more people would enjoy watching. Uh, the public would enjoy watching because uh, I, I, somebody videoed me and I sent it to a, to a friend and, and uh, they said, we're, and I retired at the pen because I knew I was never going to get it. And they said, look, we enjoyed the, the video, but there's no ending. I said, no, I, I retired because I knew I wouldn't get it. So, so uh, it would have been nicer on that video to see me pen. So it would make it a bit easier. It would be only, uh, only, uh, a change, yeah. And do you have a favourite trial to participate in? A favourite trialer? No, to trial what? to participate in. One you like to go to every year. Oh, a trial. I, I, well, um, there's some, I, I was, the farm wasn't, Moiston was the closest one I could go to. Um, it was only a bit over an hour. But um, Cressy, there's nothing else in Cressy. Uh, they have a bowls club, but nothing else. And we end up running about six six or more trials every year. So uh, it, it's good. Uh, there's the club rooms of the old football club rooms. They've done them up. We have instant hot water and we have the television at night. And uh, it suits me fine because I've, I've moved up. I've been sleeping in sheds and under trees for years, but I bought myself a teardrop van. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you know the teardrop vans, but they're just a bed on wheels. So it's nice if I can fill in till 11 o'clock watching the footy and then go and hop in my teardrop van. But uh, I went to Edenhope and the first day, uh, six o'clock, it's dark and nowhere to go. And oh, that was a long night, I tell you. I, I don't normally go to bed till 11. And, and uh, yeah, I, I thought it must be nearly morning. And I looked and it was. Quarter to 11, so fair bit of time to go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think Cressy seems to be my favorite. And they, they run the Captain Payne and the Victorian Championship field trials there lately, so that may not go forever there, but at this stage. So I think that's a, a favourite one to go to. Um, Port Ferry is one of the biggest in the land, and that's when they have the dog of the year and every state rep comes to it, and that's a very nice venue, but... Uh, they have the jazz festival the, the the last weekend, the same as the finals, and that becomes a little bit bit uh, bit busy. Um, I bet it does. Well, I, I just say, look, if I'm in a final, I I, I can't play, but I'll scratch the dog. If if it's my turn on with one of my dogs, I just scratch the dog and go and do the band job. But um, um, so it, it it has been a a bit of a juggle, but. Uh, Anyway, it keeps me off the streets, keeps me busy. <laughs> <laughs> and, mate, being in a band, do you get nervous and obviously entertaining? Do you get nervous on the trial ground? Uh, not too bad because um, whatever it will be, I, I'm probably breathing. When you're up in a tight spot, um, you, you realise when you've knocked off and you, you relax, you must have been up 
fairly tight, but not not enough that it spoils uh, my work. I've, I've played a lot of sport, and I think you you get used to that. Um, but I, I yeah, I wouldn't like to have a heart attack, so I try not to get too panicky. But um, um, how do you go about handling the nerves when you do feel a bit panicky? Uh, even in my training, sometimes I, I'm, I'm get back, and then, and then I lift my voice up to, to try and impersonate when I get excited, and then I settle down again in training. So I try and cover all bases, I suppose, but uh, by by going to that higher pitch, and and I, I blow the whistle higher too, probably when I'm a bit excited. Uh, a lot just use an umpire's whistle. Um, and that comes out, the cork whistle comes out the same. No matter how nervous you are, it just comes the same, whereas uh, the ones I, you can make them higher or lower. And I think probably they sense when you're a bit excited. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I do try in the training, I try and change my voice and and, uh, and uh, just try and cover all bases, that's all. But uh, not too bad with the nerves. In fact, I... I always did a lot of platting at the trials when I was younger, and um, and uh, blokes ready to go out in the in a final, and they're getting all excited, and oh, you sitting there platting away there, relaxed as can be. <laughs> they used to envy me, but uh, um, um, yeah, I think you just take your mind off the. Um, no point watching the other guys. You can only do what you do. You know, no point watching them. Otherwise, you start barracking like a. The sheep come on, round again, one more time, you little beauty. <laughs> not, not, not allowed to do that. No. Team sheep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah. No, a lot of people just can't handle their nerves, and, and even in sport, the, um, tennis, you see some people just the pressure comes on and just can't, can't work. So I'm lucky I don't have that much. I'm having a few panic attacks probably in the band, if I've got something special to play, a solo, and I haven't done it for a while, but um, just banging away on chords and singing, uh, no pressure at all, because I, I know what I'm doing. And uh, But, um, yeah, just sometimes if they throw you a solo and you haven't done it for a while, I, I, uh, a few panic attacks, you know, senior moments, I suppose. <laughs> and in your travels, um, is there something that you've seen handlers struggle with and where do you think they can improve? In my, in my travels? At um, trials. Yeah. Um, improve. Like, yeah, predominantly like inexperienced trialers. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, well, most people are helpful to advise if they ask. In my day, you'd ask the, the old experts and, oh, just keep training, Dave, just keep training. That was very helpful. And then you'd say, now, Alan, how, how many would you take off there? Like, oh, I'd take a handful there, yeah. And and then uh, what about there, Alan? Oh, I'd take a packet, yeah. <laughs> you never got a <laughs> I didn't help much, no. Just keep training, just keep training. <laughs> Yeah. Have you got any advice for someone starting out in the trials, three sheep? Well, um, be prepared to be disappointed because you can be 
fractions away from winning the biggest trial in the land, and the sheep has another idea. <laughs> uh, but no, look, just keep trying. If you like your, if you like to have a go, and you like your dog, try and get him under control. Though doing, as I say, uh, not just letting him work. Uh, I've judged a few encouraged trials, and they're so thrilled when they they perhaps pen, but they've run the they've run the stuffing out of the poor sheep and he just goes in to get away from the dog like they haven't been really um i when i started i remember saying to a guy i reckon they work better when you give them a bit of a run around and he said oh you're right dave you're right but it's a bit costly <laughs> so um i see them you know they think yeah they must respect the the, the welfare of the sheep because they're valuable somebody's loaning them for us and and uh, if you think you're only chasing them, you're better to walk off and do a bit yes. more training, a bit more training. And and um, um, yeah, they, I, they, I often see them, they send the dog around and tell him to get into them. And I, oh, that's the, <laughs> get off them. That's not the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they've come from probably farm work and just think it's similar, but no, it's a, it's a, it's a, a it's a, a real skill. Apparently I, I just do what I think, but, and as I said, I haven't been to what they teach them, but um, I've just been with stock all my life. And it's, uh, I don't think I know, but I'm having a bit of fun. Yeah. And has your enthusiasm for working dogs passed on to your children or grandchildren? <laughs> uh, no, John, no, when I made the team and it was in Northern, just short of Perth. So John put in, uh, John's our son, and uh, he put in... Uh, for leave from teaching and uh, to come with me, you see, because he, I don't know what he wrote. I, I gather it'd be something like, my old dad's got to get to the West and he can't <laughs> or see very well. And uh, <laughs> I, I never asked him what he said, but, but anyway, he got the leave and it was a great trip. Uh, we took six days to get over there, but um, we packed up uh, the Sunday night and went to a, caravan park and use the cabin so we could just get up and go at five we got home in three and a half days coming home um, but yeah special special trip uh, he wouldn't let me do anything and uh, you look after the dogs and i'll look after everything else and boy, he was he was he was doing a good job and he cooked a good meal i, <laughs> I must have started him off well and anyway i said i i looked after you once I, and he said i know you did and that's why i'm looking after you now so uh, a special trip it really was so yeah. but no he's they've had uh, just they've had the first dog they had was one of mine as from the farm and uh, and then after the the black friday and the people were burnt out up at king lake he went up and bought a pup from there uh, Cavalier, King Charles, Poodle Cross, because young uh, Sam, uh, his son, had allergies, so the, uh, didn't shed the hair. And and uh, so he referred to him as a mop on a stick. That's about what he looked like. <laughs> and uh, so, no, uh, and he didn't stay on the farm. The, he got a bit of asthma and a bit, bit quiet going round around the circles on the tractor. And um, so he, he uh, Rosemary, was, his mother was a teacher, so... He, he took on the phys ed and maths, so he yep. can get out, get out a bit with the maths. And but I think he finds the uh, sorry the phys ed he can get out. I think he finds the maths the best because 
the phys ed, they just want to kick a footy. They don't want to learn about the muscles. Whereas if you're doing maths, you're usually fair income and they're, and they're trying. So, yeah. So, no, they they haven't. And, and Michelle has got one of, I won a novice with a white dog called Peg, and, but she pushed in a bit much. And then when old sailor, the, Michelle, as a, our daughter is a music therapist and she was taking old sailor along as a therapy dog. And when he got too old and, uh, uh, she was looking for something and I said, oh, I knew the nature of Peg was a bit special. And uh, so she's got her and she lives, she's got a unit, second story, but the dog survives. Yeah, I didn't think that at all. There's plenty of people got a dog upstairs. So, and uh, oh, they're a great item. They are, uh, uh, um, if Michelle goes away, we have the dog back to look after it. But, so yeah. no, to your question, um, they, they're not in the, they can see the heart heartache that goes on yeah. <laughs> and who would you like us to have a chat with on dog talk like we have with you tonight ah uh, i wonder um the, the guy uh, i got the uh, brown dog from uh, he's a, a very good farmer he judges uh, sheep at the big sheep shows and and, uh, and he represented victoria at canberra just um uh, early this year, uh, um, Michael Michael Deppler is his name, and he's he's from Conda, not far from Hamilton. Um, I reckon he'd he'd be pretty good because he's up with the farming side of uh, mm -hmm. of your know, stock work, um, and uh, and as I say, he's uh, he's a top worker and uh, um, and and uh, still in the game. Um, judging and that both dogs and and uh, he was actually asked to do the the supreme um, championships and I think oh COVID came in and it didn't happen that's right yeah yeah so uh, Michael Deppler from Conda yeah yeah I reckon he'd be pretty good he'll don't tell him I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave, we've had a couple of requests, and it's, it's fine if not, but I've had a couple of people have asked if you've got your banjo handy and if you'd like to play a couple of chords. Totally up to you. I, 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 the banjo is not here. I've got an old ukulele, a, a, a baritone, baritone uke that yep. just lives here. Is that all right? And Joseph Levin has asked, um, do you know any good uh, dog working, um, what is it? Any good dog working or lyrics written about dog trialling? No, not I, I don't create songs. Um, 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 no, no, I haven't. I haven't. I, I just an easy. Where's that? I can't see what it is. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. You got troubles. I've got mine too. There isn't anything I wouldn't do for you. We stick together, we will make it through. Oh, you got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. Something like that. That was, that was fantastic. Awesome. Thank that was you so very cool. much. We should probably end there, not even your question. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> want to answer my question now. That was awesome. But you know what? On that note. We're going to do something different today and we're not going to finish how we normally would. We were going to finish on that note there because that was very special, mate, and thank you very much.
Oh, that suits me fine. Thank you very much and good luck Thank with you. So Thank much. you very much for your time. You have a great evening. I better start buying the magazine. <laughs>